It's time for the setup. The fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. A uh, few different things to uh, to get into on the show today. We'll uh, we'll start with uh, talking a little bit of uh, college hoops from last night. We'll hear some audio from Mike Bellano, head men's basketball coach at A State, as uh, they get set for a road trip this week. We'll uh, we'll look back over at the Conference USA situation, go over uh, what was a uh, a win for the Grizz last night, and just some other things that have gone on throughout the uh, course of the sports world over the next hour here on the Ticket Radio Network. But first off, Will Oswalt will get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by the folks that play as a tire service. There was some track talk a little bit ago. Well, the Sunbelt set out the Indoor Athletes of the Week honorees, and they say Gets a couple for the second week in a row. It was a sweep last week. One on each side. We'll start with the lady, Sophie Leathers, winning the Women's Indoor Track Athlete of the Week, breaking a record, school record set eight years ago, 1644.83 in the 5,000 meters for the women, breaking the mark of Christina Albert set back in 2014. Uh, the mark... Tops in the conference by nearly 14 seconds. How's that? On the men's side, it's the field athlete of the week honors for Carter Shell, the senior with an indoor best 25 feet, 4 inches in the long jump at the Music City Challenge hosted by Vanderbilt over the weekend. The fifth best mark in the country among collegiate athletes and uh, leads the conference in that category by 7 inches. So congratulations to him as... You heard uh, just a little while ago on the Workday Red Zone, the Conference Indoor Track and Field Championships in Birmingham beginning on Monday. Speaking of Monday, or speaking of Birmingham, of course, that's where A-State baseball starts over the weekend. Ben Klutz named yesterday to the Bobby Bregan Collegiate Slugger Award preseason watch list. That's not just on the field uh, achievements, but also uh, personal integrity and academic achievement also factor in to that no John Morant no problem last night for the Grizz in New Orleans 121-109 over the Pelicans six in a row nine out of the last ten of the win column tires Tyus Jones with a career high 27 Morant held out due to soreness in his left ankle will he play tonight we'll see the Grizz uh, final home game final game period before the all-star break tonight as they host Portland pregame at 6 30 tip at seven here on the network and in Columbia Arkansas sweeping the season series over the Tigers with a big 76-57 win at Mizzou Arena in Columbia, Stanley Amude with 23 points for the 23rd and 24th ranked Razorbacks on the hardwood. So there you go, keeping keeping things moving as hopefully improving their hopes for the NCAA tournament. There you are. All right, thank you, Will. Um, all right, so we'll we'll kind of dive into. Uh, a few different things on the show today. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll we'll go over the CUSA situation later on in the show because 
that was some news that kind of came out yesterday while we were were on the air, and uh, obviously spent a lot of time on that yesterday's. But we'll kind of go back over that. There's been some other things come out uh, over the course of the last 24 hours or so. We're also uh, again going to hear some audio from Mike Bellato coming up in the uh, in the second segment of the show. But you know, you mentioned last night the the Arkansas game they played Mizzou last night, and like it was maybe the worst night of the year in college basketball to not be sitting down and watching college basketball because it might have been the best night of the year in in college hoops. Uh, so first off, you get a a Duke Wake Forest game where you know it's mentioned a little bit earlier where Coach K left in the second half due to an illness and. Never really got any type of clarification on that. Duke's up by like 15 at one point on Wake Forest, and then they uh, rely on a tap-in by Mark Williams with four-tenths of a second to go to get a two-point lead, and then Wake Forest almost hits a three-fourth court shot at the buzzer uh, to to win the game, and it bounces off back iron and is no good. So that was a bizarre game last night. Then you get Ole Miss and South Carolina. In Oxford last night where it's tied up. I think it was 75 all. Um, and, and South Carolina gets the ball with like three or four seconds to go. And they hit a buzzer beater at half court to to win the game. So they won by three off a bank-in buzzer beater at half court, which has to be at the the worst way to, to lose a game ever. If you're going to lose a game, at least just lose the game uh, in – in a normal fashion, instead of getting beat on a heartbreaker at half court as the uh, as the time's running down, so those were a couple of games uh, last night. And again, like the thing about that that sucks is like if you're going to lose a game, at least lose it on a shot that you would you would make more times than not. I mean, you shoot a half court shot a hundred times, you're going to be lucky to make it uh, lucky to make it ten. So. Just kind of looking around last night, overall there were 14 games in men's college basketball that were decided by five five points or fewer. You also saw Oklahoma-Texas where Oklahoma fouled up three in the late stages and won the game, which that's why you always foul up three. Uh, Anybody that doesn't foul up three is dumb because that is what you do. Uh, So... Just kind of looking around last night, and with a month out to go from the NCAA tournament, this is any type of the level of competition we're going to get with the NCAA tournament. It is going to be a uh, a fantastic march for for sure. So that I mean that was really uh, really fun stuff last night going on in in college hoops. I don't like it's not getting talked about a ton because we just wrapped up the Super Bowl, and now people are. You know, looking ahead a little bit to to college baseball, there's NBA going on, but I, I mean, we are starting to get some just absolute craziness in in college basketball uh, over the course of of the last month or so from a from a national perspective, which is uh, which is which is cool to see. Uh, in terms of an Arkansas standpoint, kind of looking at uh, the the bracketology, there was a new one that came out today that has Arkansas projected to be the sixth seed in the West region, uh, taking on or in the East region, excuse me, taking on Oklahoma, which would uh, undoubtedly be a uh, a fun game. It'd be a rematch of a game they played earlier in the year in in Tulsa. So that's kind of the latest. There were 29 days out from Se- Selection Sunday, and what honestly, what is so fun about it is the fact that. 
I don't know that anybody knows who the best team in the country is. Uh, there, there's an argue, argument to be made for Gonzaga, certainly an argument to be made for, for Auburn, an argument to be made probably for Arizona, Kentucky, Duke. So, I mean, there's probably five or six teams that are in the conversation for for the best team in the country. And unlike last year, which one of the things that did annoy me about the, the season last year was the fact that it was almost a foregone conclusion that you were going to get uh, Gonzaga and Baylor in the national championship game, and that's exactly what we got and wound up being a blowout. But that is what it kind of excites me about uh, the next month or so in uh, in in college basketball. Is that I don't really know that you have a – there was a foregone conclusion on, A, who is the best team in the country, and, B, who is going to win the uh, – the national championship. So that was certainly some uh, some fun stuff going on in uh, in college basketball last night. Also last night, and this flashed across this morning, and honestly couldn't kind of believe it whenever it flashed across because it was a uh, it was a pretty wild stat. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo wound up with fifty points last night on twenty one shots, which was the fewest shot attempts in the history of the NBA that someone has scored 50 points on. 17 of 21 from the field for 50 points last night, which was a uh, a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre stat for, for Giannis last night. So that's kind of uh, what went on around uh, college hoops and the, and the NBA last night. We'll, uh, we'll spend more time on uh, some NBA talk. We will get caught up on the Grizz later on. Uh, in the show today, right now, we're going to take an early timeout. When we come back, we'll recap some A-State men's basketball from, from the past week. Look ahead to what is going to be a crucial matchup tomorrow night against Texas State. So we'll do that. Here's some audio from Mike Bellotto after this timeout here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Hey, Red Wolves fans. D&D Advertising has the new 2022 baseball schedules ready for pickup at these five businesses. DNN Surveillance, Downtown Medicine and Spa, Renew Mental Health and Wellness, TMS Insulation, Arkansas Construction Education Foundation, Pier 88, Extraordinaire, Kim Trade Turf, Collin Services, First Choice Home Care, Speaks Electric, Boyle Property Inspections, Jacuzzi Hot Tubs, Emeralds Triangle, Shaman's Reach, SNJ Truck Service Incorporated, Cam's Collection Boutique, Tashina's Next Level Fitness, McLemore Heating and Cooling LLC, and Stanley Woodard Law Firm. Please patronize these fine businesses as they're an asset to the community. D&D Advertising Enterprises is not licensed, affiliated with, or endorsed by any university, sports institution, or program unless specifically stated in writing. No proceeds from any of the funds collected for your ad will be given to any education institution or sports team. We're not responsible for any schedule changes made after printing. Trust your heart to better care at NEA Baptist. Better access means communication with your award-winning cardiac team anytime, anywhere with the MyChart app. Better technology means leading the state with new treatments and interventions right here in Jonesboro. Better is an integrated team of experts at your service when seconds matter. Your heart deserves better. Find it 
at NEA Baptist. Home buyers throughout Northeast Arkansas continue to praise the team at First Financial Mortgage. Here's what Angela had to say. We bought and refinanced through First Financial Mortgage. It was an easy, stress-free process both times. We will continue to use them and refer everyone to them. I also had a friend getting a mortgage from a bank and she was having a horrible experience. I gave them the number for Mary at First Financial Mortgage and now they own their own house, which relieves so much stress for them. Call Mary Tucker today, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, equal housing lender member FDIC. Get healthy and get happy with Elite Men's Health. Hey, it's Brandon Baxter for Elite Men's Health in Jonesboro. And I'm telling you this as someone who has seen and felt the difference firsthand. Testosterone replacement therapy works. Y'all, my free testosterone levels have increased over 300% thanks to Elite Men's Health. And the truth is most men begin to see a drop in testosterone by the age of 30 and some see it even before that. So why put in so much hard work if your testosterone isn't working for you? It's harder to burn fat, lose weight, and perform at your peak if your testosterone level is low. And if you feel run down and tired all the time, if you feel like you have less strength or less endurance, and if you're struggling to lose weight, you might have low testosterone. So that's why you go by Elite Men's Health for an evaluation. And if your T-levels are low, let them develop a plan that's perfect for your body. So if you want to feel like you did when you were in your late teens and early 20s, head to Elite Men's Health. 2203 East Nettleton in Jonesboro, right next door to Rob Taylor State Farm. Or check out EliteMensHealth.com. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back. You're on the setup. You're on a Wednesday edition of the show. We're on the Ticket Radio Network. Kate Carlton Willows Walt with you for the next. 40-some-odd minutes or so. Um, so, just just kind of scrolling through Facebook during the break. Uh, the uh, the Grizzlies posted a picture of, I guess, a Ja Morant All-Star jersey that is now for for sale at FedEx Forum, which is cool to, to see a Ja Morant All-Star jersey. Good Lord, these things are hideous. I mean, they are they are so incredibly bad. There's like three different shades of red on this jersey. Yeah. They just they're they're so bad. Worse than last year's Major League All Star jerseys. <laughs> oh yeah, these yeah these these NBA All Star jerseys are are terrible. Which I I miss the days when uh, when teams would just wear their own jerseys with like an All Star patch on them or something to to these games because. I think for like a few years there in the 2000s, we did that with the NBA, and then obviously we did uh, we did that with Major League Baseball for for the longest. And now we just like want to trot out the ugliest jersey known to man every single year for these All Star games. But I mean, credit to the NBA though and all these leagues because people do still buy this, even though these things are just hideous. And there's like 18 different shades of red on this John Morant jersey. I don't understand, but. Anyways, uh, by the way, the the All Star Game is uh, is this weekend, which doesn't seem like uh, doesn't seem like a thing because like no one is talking about it. Uh, I, I guess you know we we didn't get any pre uh, pre hype for the All Star Game because we're coming off the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is still fresh in everyone's minds. And usually there's a couple of weeks there in between uh, the end of the Super Bowl and the start of All Star Weekend, and so. It honestly has not crossed my mind once that this is uh, this is All Star Weekend. So I'm sure maybe we'll talk about that later on in the week as uh, John Morant will make his uh, 
all-star debut performance this week in uh, in Cleveland, which seems like a terrible host spot for the all-star game in February. I'm sure it's going to be about negative five degrees in Cleveland this week for uh, for the all-star game. It uh, it won't be negative five degrees in Texas. It m- most likely will be a whole lot hotter because that's where uh, the A-State men's team is headed, uh, I guess right now, headed to uh, – San Marcos as they get set to take on Texas State tomorrow, and then they'll uh, travel, I guess, about three hours north to take on UT Arlington on Saturday. So it's a uh, two-game Texas swing for A-State this week, coming off of a uh, two-game swing that wasn't really good to A-State last weekend, uh, losing by two against Troy and then uh, losing by 19 Saturday against uh against South Alabama. And so one of the things that did for for A-State was knock them out of the top four in the standings. They entered play last Saturday a, a half a game up on South Alabama for the for the four spot in the overall Sunbelt Conference standings. And so that's important because the top four seeds get a bye in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. Everyone else has to play in the, in the first round. So I mean, you're talking about a situation where if you're if uh, if you are a state where you would have to open the Sunbelt Conference tournament on Thursday, and then you would play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday if you wanted to get to the Sunbelt Conference championship game. Now, playing three straight days is going to be tough enough, but playing four games in five days is just a ton tougher to make any type of run in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. And obviously, this is a league where we have already seen some some wild scores throughout the year. So you would venture to guess that there are going to be a few shocking upsets in that opening round of the Sunbelt Tournament on that Thursday. And so if you're, a, if you're an A-State standpoint where obviously you've kind of been beaten and bruised a little bit, you desperately want to not only get to a point where you aren't playing four games in five days, but also get to a point where you have, I guess, eight days off before you play again after playing App State next Friday. And so in order to do that, A-State is going to have to get back in the back in the top four. Now, the good news for A-State is that uh, they're only a half game back of South Alabama. South Alabama 7-5, and five, A-State 6-5, and five, and there's really just not a ton of separation at the top of the league standings right now. I mean, if A-State... If A-State can get a win on Thursday night, then all of a sudden things kind of become interesting once again in a mix-up for for that top four on who is going to be the the overall top four seeds in the Sunbelt Conference. So there is still definitely a chance for, for A-State to wind up in that top four and get a first-round bye in the Sunbelt Conference tournament, which is, which would be crucial for, for A-State to get. So... Uh, Mike Bellotto in his Zoom yesterday kind of alluded to that and talked about how important it was for for this A-State team to get inside that top four in the final two weeks of the season and secure a uh, first-round bye in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Pensacola. Yeah, huge, because I think the league is so, even though the records don't show some teams that are at the bottom, I think anybody can beat anybody in any, any given night. We've seen that already. So the less games you have to play against good quality opponents, the better. So that's why a buy is big because it gives you an opportunity to jump around, but also play a team that has just kind of fought against somebody else, you know, and, and, you know, you say that the regular season is still in reach. It's crazy to say that, but 
you know, we're behind Texas State by two games. I think they only have three losses, but we play them on on Thursday. And then they still got to play on the road to finish against, uh, you know, the, the Carolina schools. Right. So um, a lot of things can happen between now and the start of the conference tournament. And I always said at the beginning of the year that the, the regular season champion will have five or six losses. Now, that's how good the league is. Um, so that's still in reach. We talked about that yesterday uh, for every team that's in the top four or five. But getting a bye, you know, at any time is big, but especially this year because teams are so good. You know, you don't want to beat yourself up playing a team and then having to turn around and play another good team. I think a bye rest, especially with guys that have been hurt, you know, and you're going to play four more games is big. So right now, again, as we mentioned, A State at six and five at number five in the in the Sun Belt Conference. But I mean, the good thing from from A State's perspective is the fact that you are going to get two of those teams inside the top four over the next two weeks. Obviously, you know Texas State by winning percentage is the is the has the number one spot in the Sun Belt Conference at eight and three. App State has played all of their games; they're at ten and four, right behind. Uh, Texas State. So they have more wins, but Texas State has them in the uh, winning percentage. So Texas State's one, App State's two. You get Texas State Thursday. You get App State next Friday inside First National Bank Arena. So there is still uh, an opportunity for A-State to move up into that top four and to get a uh, first-round bye in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Uh, On the other side for A-State, it seems like both teams have just been dealing with an unprecedented amount of of injuries. I mean, you look at the women's side of things, and they're potentially down to seven this weekend if Trinity Jackson wow, can't yeah. go because, uh, you know, Destiny Rogers alluded to that yesterday in some audio we heard. If, you know, if there's any kind of cartilage damage on that shoulder that Trinity Jackson uh, injured Saturday against Little Rock, there's a chance she's out for the rest of the year, and A-State's down to seven. So the women's team has just been beaten and bruised throughout the year with with injuries. And on the men's side of things, it's starting to to catch up with them a little bit as well. Uh, most notably, Desi Seals, Caleb Fields did not play last Saturday for uh, for a state in in that game, and so you wound up having to dig deep into the bench and you know playing some guys more minutes than they're probably accustomed to getting, and really just took a lot out of your out of your offense to be without three starters in that game uh, last Saturday against South Alabama. So that obviously is going to be a huge storyline going into this weekend on who is going to be available, who who is going to be healthy enough to play and Mike Pilato just kind of weighed in on uh, the injury situation for uh, for A State. You know, it's day to day. I mean, I I really can't tell you exactly. I know that they're not season-ending injuries, right? Uh, it's pain maintenance and it's maintenance on what's wrong with them. So Keon, uh, I can say, did did practice yesterday. Uh, Desi practiced yesterday. Uh, uh, Fields did not. So, you know, but again, they got to be 100 percent, too. I'm never going to put a student athlete in harm's way. They they wanted to practice. They wanted to feel how how they were and how long they can go and how much physicality they can take. You know, so um, I'm optimistic, but again, it's 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 depends on how their bodies are today, how can, how they can go through practice today, you know, kind of that deal. So I'm hoping that we have them all 100%. I don't think anybody's 100% now in February anyway, uh, but these guys are tough kids. So that was uh, that was kind of the latest there on the uh, on the uh, injury situation. So that 
obviously is going to be a huge factor going into this week. And, you know, so much is still going to be unknown about that until uh, until we get closer to, uh, to game time tomorrow. So, I don't know, maybe just have uh, – Maybe uh, be dialed in and listening to the uh, 107.9 K-Fine pregame show from Texas State tomorrow to to get the latest on the on the injury updates because it uh, hopefully it's a situation where all three can play and all three are good and can give you solid minutes. But also, it's kind of walking the, uh, the fine line, I would assume, of A, making sure these guys are healthy enough to play, and B, not wanting to further injure them and right. get to a point where you don't have them for the Sunbelt Conference tournament because at the end of the day that's what that's what really matters I mean you're not in a point in the regular season now the, the only thing you're really going for in the regular season is to get up to a top four seed in the Sunbelt Conference tournament it's not a point where you know you win two or three more games you could get into the NCAA tournament no you have to win the Sunbelt tournament for that so it, it will be interesting to see if uh if all three of those can go uh, tomorrow for a state on the road. Uh, going back about a month or so, this was a really, really big win for a state on the home floor when they knocked off uh, Texas State. It was January 22nd, the last time uh, these two teams met, and a state won by seven on the home floor, which at that point, uh, I can't remember if it was first, put them at first or second in the Sunbelt Conference, but had them setting really good in the Sunbelt Conference as uh, you know they were able to get that seven-point win over Texas State. It was a game where we saw a monster performance from Desi Seals and North Shadow Mir. And then, you know, on the Texas State side of things, A-State really shut them down in the second half of play. I mean, they did not have much success uh, from the field at all in the second half of play. And uh, A-State was able to use that to their advantage and come away with a seven-point victory in the last time these two teams met. And so uh, Mike Bellotto just talked about what has changed and what hasn't changed since uh, the last time that, these two teams met on the hardwood. You know, I don't think there's much difference. That's a good question. I, I I watched our game, you know, multiple times since last time, Chris, and I thought defensively we were really good. You know, I think we we held uh, Harold and Asbury under their average, which was big for us. You know, they're obviously playing better. Um, so it, it's not so much what they're doing differently. It's, it's more the, the production of guys that were playing since the last time we played them. You know, I think Harold's playing much better. Uh, their bench, Morgan, uh, coming off. Terrell Morgan's coming off and giving them good minutes as well. Caesar obviously had a good game against us, but good, still a good player. Um, so it's just one of those things. They're 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 kind of hitting a little bit of a stride. Guys are playing more consistent. So we got to do a good job on 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 the, their top three, which to me is uh, you know Mason Harold, Caleb Asbury, and uh, Isaiah Smalls. You know, he mentioned that Harold and Asbury didn't do much on A-State uh, the last time these two teams met. In fact, they combined for 15 points. Uh, okay. If if those two combined for 15 tomorrow, you would think A-State is going to, going to win the basketball game. So maybe we'll see more of the same from what we saw uh, in Jonesboro when A-State takes on Texas State tomorrow. Uh, again, you can hear the game over on 107.9 K-Fine of the EAB Red Wolves Sports Network from Learfield. It's a 7 o'clock tip-off tonight against Texas State, and then A-State will uh, swing up to Arlington on Saturday uh, to take on UT Arlington at 2 o'clock. So we'll obviously talk more about that game on the show uh, tomorrow as well. Right now we're going to hit a uh, timeout. Come back with more after this on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. 
Do you have significant manufacturing experience? In addition to offering weekend shifts with 40 hours paid for 36 hours work and seasonal shift incentives with bigger bonuses and increased starting pay, Linux Industries in Stuttgart is now hiring individuals with significant manufacturing experience at above their current entry-level rate. Experienced individuals can start at $16.15 an hour for the first shift and $16.90 for a second shift at Linux. Linux also offers excellent benefits, including full medical and a free on site clinic for employees and their families and work inside an air-conditioned factory. Bigger bonuses and increased starting pay for seasonal shifts. Weekend shifts that pay 40 hours for 36 hours worked. And now, starting pay above current entry-level rates for individuals with significant manufacturing experience. Come join the Linux team, the leading HVAC company in America. Call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com slash careers. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. Play it against sports in Jonesboro invites you to its opening day annual demo event, February 18th and 19th. Here's your chance to swing the newest bats from all the biggest names and ask questions to company reps from some of the top brands in the game. Oh yeah, you can also save 20% on any new bat purchase at Play It Again during the opening day demo event. Make sure your favorite player steps into the box with the perfect bat for their swing and save 20% on new bat purchases at Play It Again Sports opening day annual demo event, February 18th and 19th at Play It Again Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. Jim's Pond shop in Jonesboro wants to help you with your stress about paying bills by giving you top dollar for all of your gold and silver jewelry or coins. Deal with local people who will be there for you this week and the next. Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland has been in business for over 25 years and is known for the best loan terms in the area. Jim's will give you money on almost anything of value. You'll find a large selection of items at price to help your budget. Diamonds, musical instruments, video games, hunting gear, electronics, inventory changes daily. Visit Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland in Jonesboro. Voted best to the best six years in a row. COVID-19 cases are spreading across the state. Safe, effective, and free COVID vaccines are now readily available for all Arkansans ages 5 and up. Booster shots are also available for fully vaccinated people 12 and above. The vaccines are highly effective at preventing severe COVID. That means helping keep you from being hospitalized or even dying. Get vaccinated to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. You've heard it said, he's a diamond in the rough. Or maybe, diamonds are forever. Here's something else I've learned about diamonds. They're just pieces of coal put under pressure for a long, long, long time. So when I start feeling like I want to give up, I think about that little piece of coal. And if that piece of coal can make something of itself by not giving up, so can I. Persistence is in you. From PassItOn.com. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Halfway home on a Wednesday edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. Uh, all right, a couple of things to get to that are going on uh, going on right now. Uh, we have seen Tiger Woods making uh, or at a press conference ahead of the Genesis Invitational, which is his event uh, this weekend out in L.A., which, by the way, is a star-studded field. Naturally. And uh, <laughs> will, be, will be very, 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 very fun to watch over the course of the uh, – over the course of the next few days, but obviously haven't heard anything from him since him and Charlie played in the PNC Championship uh, back in, I think it 
think that was the first week of December. I think it was, yeah, in that neighborhood. Yeah, so haven't heard anything from Tiger since then, but he is doing a press conference right now. So just a couple of things from that. Uh, mentioned that his activity has still continued to be limited, uh, and he's still kind of working on the walking part of uh, playing golf. said, working strength and development, it takes time. Frustrating, it's not at my timetable. I just want to be at a certain point. Uh, and I'm not. He also said that uh, his foot was actually pretty messed up from the car accident a uh, a year ago, and so that seems to be kind of slowing down the uh, the process as well. Mentioned that he's worked on his short game, but has yet to really kind of get back, uh, really get back into uh, the drives and the three woods and the long game uh, like that. And he has not been able to practice at a high level in order to play on the tour at this point. Uh, that's that competitive, yes, spirit inside him. <laughs> yes, no so it, I mean we're seven weeks away from the Masters, and it kind of looks less and less likely that is going to be a tournament that he can he can play in, especially given kind of where he is at. One of the things he did comment on was obviously you know leading up to the Masters, the par three contest is always something to to watch on uh, on Wednesday leading up to the Masters. He did say I can walk that now. Whether I do or not, I don't know. Uh, regarding the regarding the par three contest, and so that's just kind of uh, that's just kind of the latest there. I, I mean, I would be uh, I kind of would be shocked if we don't see him at some point on the tour this this summer. I, I think a lot of people are expecting the uh, the Open Championship maybe to be the the first time we do see him because it is more of a flat surface and could be easier to walk than than Augusta, but. That is uh, that is kind of the latest there. I'm sure he will be on uh, the CBS broadcast this week for the uh, Genesis Invitational as well. But it, uh, I mean, it's at least good to hear from from Tiger. We hadn't heard from him yeah. in like three months, so I mean, it's at least good to uh, to hear that he is at least making some progress in returning to the PGA Tour, which uh, undoubtedly will be a uh, will be quite the scene whenever he uh, makes his return to the PGA Tour, whether that's this year, or next year, or or whenever it is. But that's uh, that's kind of the latest there from uh, from Tiger Woods. Which, by the way, and just kind of talking about this Genesis Invitation, we won't spend too much time on it. But uh, they did announce the the marquee groups for this tournament this weekend. Okay, uh, about six hours ago, uh, at least on the Thursday and Friday rounds. You have John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, and Scotty Scheffler that's paired together. Not bad. Roy McIlroy, Victor Hoblin, Hideki Matsuyama. That's a, that's a good one. I like that one. Colin Morikawa, Xander Schauffele, uh are out there as well. Dustin Th- or Justin Thomas is in the tournament. You have Dustin Johnson along with Max Homa and Adam Scott who are paired together. Patrick Cantlay, and this is my personal favorite one, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, and Patrick Reed. I would love to see oh. the side eye that Brooks mm. Kepka is going to give Patrick Reed whenever he takes mm-hmm. like 18 hours to play a hole because he's Patrick <laughs> there, Reed. Uh, they, they step up to the first tee. Okay, gentlemen, you're on the clock. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, before they get to the first, they're in the clubhouse meeting. There. Uh, okay, you're on the clock. Let's go now. <laughs> yes. So, I, I mean, I might just watch them on Thursday and Friday. I don't even care about anyone else. I just want to see. I want to see the Brooks Kepka side eye when uh, – 
when Patrick Reed inevitably does something dumb because he is going to. And <laughs> then I'm sure his wife will like get on Twitter and call the PGA Tour rigged and say that they didn't have them in the right section at the oh, Boston sure. Red Sox baseball game and, and all of that. So <laughs> that uh, that's the latest there from uh, from the PGA. Oh, I'm sure boy. we'll we'll dive in more to that uh, throughout the course of the next week. Uh, by the way, the Los Angeles Rams are having their championship parade today. I guess no one got the memo that LeBron James – Wanted to have the Dodgers, the Lakers, and the Rams at a joint championship parade today in Los Angeles because the Rams are just uh, going solo in their championship okay. parade today. And uh, th- there's been videos circulating around on Twitter. And, it, I, I mean, I get it from a, a standpoint that it is Los Angeles. It is the biggest metro area in the United States, one of the biggest metro areas in the in the world. Yes. Um, and so, obviously, there is a ton of different things to do. And there are a ton of people there that don't care one bit about sports. So, I get it. There, There's so much going on in L.A. that sometimes, you know, sports aren't at the forefront of everything going on. But some of the scene, some of the pictures and the videos coming out of this Rams championship parade are honestly a little sad because there is like nobody at this parade today, and I mean, there's just no one. Like even on even on the busy parts of the street where there's supposed to be tons of people, like there there's no one. There's a few hundred people here and there, and that's about it. So I do uh, I do kind of feel bad a little bit for for the Rams. Now, granted. They chose on their own to leave St. Louis and go to Los Angeles and deal with the market that is L.A. Because I guarantee you if they were still in St. Louis, there would be no there would be no driving around in downtown St. Louis today. There there just would not be. So um, I kind of feel bad for the Rams, kind of don't, but there's there's nobody at their championship parade today. So it is a. Uh, it is definitely a, a little bit of a depressing championship parade today for the uh, for the. Los Angeles Rams. Um, also, a little bit depressing is that today was supposed to be the start of spring training. Yes, pitchers and catchers <laughs> were supposed to report yesterday. Uh, I, I do find it interesting, though. Like, obviously, we saw a few MLB media members today be like, "Hey, this is the official postponement of spring training." I do find it interesting that, in regards to the MLB, we have yet to see any type of statement from the league saying like, hey, spring training is delayed or anything like that. It just feels like everything from the MLB standpoint has has been silent. There is nothing on the MLB website. There is nothing on the MLB socials. The MLB network has been essentially relegated to reruns and, I mean, fluff PR pieces for the MLB at this point. And so I do find it interesting that there's just like no word out from the official Major League Baseball accounts or anything like that. It's just everything we get is is from uh, is from the baseball media members, which like I don't expect a novel or anything like that. But it is a little weird that you haven't seen at least like a graphic. It's like, hey, spring training's postponed. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I just uh, yeah, supposedly there's going to be another meeting this week, sometime this week. Yeah, allegedly. Mm. But again, like we don't even have a like we don't even have a schedule on that, which is a little bizarre that we're we're this far into this and we're this close to the start of the season and we can't even like schedule meetings. We're we're just like ah, we're we're probably gonna have a meeting scheduled this week. Like no, like actually schedule one. Let's get this thing going and let's start the season. But uh, apparently that is uh, that is too much to uh, 
to ask for. So I'm going to miss listening to uh, random spring training games on the on the radio. Not random spring training games. I'm going to miss listen, listening to Cubs games on the radio in spring training with a bunch of random players who I've never heard of and probably will never hear of again until the next spring training because they're buried in AA or AAA. So I am going to miss that aspect of it, but I don't know. Maybe at some point we'll uh, we'll come to our senses and get to a point where we play Major League Baseball again this season. All right. Um, I want to go over the Grizz game from from last night. I want to also touch on the latest on the CUSA situation and bounce around with a few different things. So right now we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, have a little bit longer of a final segment, and do all that after this timeout here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Most prices still up. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. March corn at 645 and three quarters, up seven and three quarters, with May corn at 645, up seven and a half. March soybeans at 1579 and three quarters, up 28 and a half, with May soybeans at 1583 and a quarter, up 27 and a half. March wheat at 780 and three quarters, up one, with May wheat at 786 and a half, up three quarters. March cotton at 122.03, down 101. May cotton at 119.54, down 124. March rice at 1493 and a half, up 12 and a half cents. May rice at 1521, up 13 and a half. Moving on to livestock now, February live cattle at 143.67 and a half, up 77 and a half. April live cattle at 147.30, up 40. March feeder cattle at 167.92 and a half, down 80. April feeder cattle at 172.80, up 25. April lane hogs at 105.37 and a half, up 122 and a half, with May hogs at 110, even up $2. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. Meet Farm Op Capital, the lender who believes in your potential. Saying yes more often than they say no, Farm Op Capital offers unique terms based on your proven ability to produce instead of how much land you own. Whether you're a farmer who rents, a farmer who's looking to expand, or a farm in transition, they can help you explore all the possibilities for the future of your business. Get started at farmopcapital.com today. Jose works on a farm. Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. When you bank at First Security, you're choosing better for yourself and fellow Arkansans. Better service from friendly professionals who really invest in your goals. Better solutions with convenient tools and smart resources. And better support for the things that matter to you, as well as the communities that matter to us all. Because finding your better at First Security makes Arkansas better, too. First Security. Bank better. Member FDIC. The A-State men are on the road Thursday night as they take on first place Texas State. Tip-off is at 7, and you can hear it all on 107.9 K-5. Red Wolves basketball is brought to you in part by Centennial Bank, NEA Baptist, Arkansas State University, More Air Conditioning, Mr. T's, Jim's Pawn Shop, NEA Golf Cars, Calmer Solutions, WT Equipment, Elite Eye Care, JT White Hardware and Lumber, Farmers and Merchants Bank, Purcell Tire and Service Center, and Tommy's Express Car wash timeouts over and we're going to a full court press now let's get back to the setup on the ticket 
All right, welcome back here on the setup. Final segment of the show today, about 10 minutes or so to go here on this Wednesday edition of the show on the Ticket Radio Network. Uh, Kate Carlton, Will Oswalt with you for uh, for the last few minutes of the show today. Uh, all right, so Tom Brady has been in the news over the course of the last month or so because a, he retired, mm-hmm. and then B, went on a podcast and said something about never say never, right. I, may, I may not be retired, and <laughs> now it's like, oh, is he going to come back, whatever. Uh, Tom Brady's in the news yet again. So we mentioned earlier the Rams are in the middle of their, their championship parade with like 10 people on the streets watching in Los Angeles. But, uh, and listen, like I – I really like Matthew Stafford, and I really like the whole revitalization of his career story arc that we got this year because this was a guy that, you know, a lot of people nicknamed Stat Padford because, I mean, he was he was staying in the game and putting up stats in the third and fourth quarter when the Lions were down three, four touchdowns and had no chance of, of winning the game. And, you know, people just thought of him as a guy that was going to pad his stats and was never going to get to a point in his career where he could actually win a big game. But obviously, the 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 thoughts on Matthew Stafford have drastically changed over the last uh, over the last few months since he has been dealt to the Rams, and now especially over the last week since he has won a Super Bowl. So again, championship parade today for the Rams, and Matthew Stafford has been seen. He's got a cigar in mouth. He's you know consuming adult beverages uh, as well. And Tom Brady weighed in and said, "Mix in a water, Matt." Trust me. <laughs> okay. Is there? If, he should if, know. He's, yeah. He's, I mean, if you if you remember going back to last year, the Tampa parade, there was the iconic photo of Brady with someone on each arm, having to escort him off the boat because he was uh, he uh, had been overserved and could barely walk off of the boat. And then there was the video of them tossing the uh, Lombardi trophy from boat to boat last year after a uh, a few too many beverages as well. So, you know, I, I think Tom Brady might, uh, might know where he's coming from on this one because uh, – he definitely, he definitely might have partied a little bit too hard in that uh, championship parade last year for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that that's the latest news on Tom Brady. I'm sure the next time Tom Brady has been in the headlines or will be in the headlines is to let everyone know he's coming back to the NFL and he is going to win 18 more Super Bowls and will never retire from the game of football ever, ever again. Uh so that's kind of the latest there. Also mentioned that Tiger Woods is in the middle of a press conference right now. I guess it actually may have ended because it started at 2 o'clock. Surely there's no way he's in a 45-minute press conference. Uh, but did come out about uh, 10 minutes ago. He was asked if he plans to come back and play the PGA Tour. He said, yes, I will pick and choose my events. I will play the Tour, yes, and confirmed that his golf career is uh, is not over. So that uh, – that's kind of the latest there from uh, from Tiger Woods in the Genesis Invitational press conference. Still no um, still no official confirmation if uh, Brooks Kepka has thrown a punch at Patrick Reed yet, but we'll uh, we'll wait for that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so last night, the the Memphis Grizzlies 
And I guess this kind of is kind of a two-fold conversation here. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies went on the road to New Orleans and defeated the New Orleans Pelicans, which, you know, ho-hum. I mean, the, the Pelicans aren't very good. They're, they're a team that is, you know, 12 games below 500. They are far and away from being in contention for, for a playoff spot or for, you know, the Southwestern Conference division title or anything like that. Uh, a title, by the way, which uh, the Grizz are kind of running away with, which would be their first division title in franchise history. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, and so it's a Pelicans team that's that's just not not very good, but dealing with some injuries, and they're just not very good. And so, you know, on paper, it's just a ho-hum matchup, a game where, where John Morant didn't even play. And so it wasn't all that entertaining. You did get to see a career high from, from Tyus Jones, which – which was cool, but it just the situation that each of these two franchises in is is a pretty interesting dynamic because you don't have to go too far back. In fact, you go about 10, 15 years or so back, uh, maybe more like uh, 12, 13 years, because I think it was 2009, when uh, the Grizz were kind of in the same situation that the Pelicans Certainly. are in. They, they drafted Hashim Thabit. Now, <laughs> everyone and their brother thought Hashim Thabit was going to be a bust in the NBA. The Grizz still drafted him, and it turns out he was a bust. Over the, the greatest shooter of all time in Steph Curry, over James Harden, and over a slew of guys in that draft class that turned out to have really, really, really good NBA careers and could have contributed for the Grizz. Now, we're seeing this, and I don't know, it's it's not the same situation, but it's a similar situation a, a, about 13, 14 years down the road in that the Pelicans have drafted this guy who uh, honestly might get to the point where he's ashamed to beat level bust it, and honestly might surpass that because everyone knew with the beat he was not going to, to be good in the NBA, like you go back and look at some of those mock drafts and pre-draft projections, and nobody thought this guy was going to have an NBA career worth talking about. And the Grizz still draft him second overall pick or third overall pick, whatever it was. The, the Zion thing is interesting because that's a guy who had just enormous expectations coming out of college. I, I mean, he was a guy that people threw the name LeBron James out next to as this guy is going to be the future of the NBA when LeBron James retires. He is the next LeBron, yada, yada, yada. And honestly, kind of got to a point last year where, I mean, he played 60-some-odd games, dealt with some injuries here and there, but for the most part was healthy last year, made the All-Star game, averaged 26 points per game, eight rebounds, put up really good numbers with the Pelicans. But now he's at a stand, now he's at a point where the reports coming out today are that he is going to need a second surgery on the same foot that he's already had a surgery on that has kept him out of of action this entire year, and that second surgery could cause him to miss this season and maybe a little bit into next season as well. And so it just continues to be a wild situation of a guy that you know people thought for sure couldn't miss in the NBA is going to get to a point where I mean, if he has too many surgeries, maybe he never plays an NBA game ever again. And so it is just a crazy dynamic to see how the the tide has changed for the Memphis Grizzlies because this was a team that, not this exact situation, but a similar situation of a high prize draft pick you drafted just flaming out of the NBA and getting to a point where your franchise was wrecked 13 years ago 
that honestly might be happening with the the Pelicans right now. And so it it meanwhile the Grizz draft a guy at second and John Morant who is uh, going to start the All Star game this year and seems to have a very 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 bright future in in the NBA. So that is uh, definitely an interesting kind of story arc there with with Zion and and John Morant. Uh, I'm going to go out on the limb and say John Moran is going to have a better NBA career than Zion Williams. As, as he stands right now, Kate, I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, I just – I don't see how the guy can survive this many surgeries. And still – and listen, like, I don't want to get on the whole weight conversation, but that definitely is – that uh, definitely is a factor with, was, with Zion. That was, was brought up by Christian Clark of the Times-Picayune in, in an article that came up yesterday in their paper, yeah. I mean, it it definitely is. It's definitely a mitigating factor. This whole whole situation. So, anyways, that's kind of the latest scare there. Also, if you pay attention to five thirty eight sports, uh, the Grizz are now projected as the uh, the two seed in the West by five thirty eight sports. So, uh, they're at back in action tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. Yes, uh, they are last game before the All Star break. Yes, uh, eleven and a half point favorites against the Trailblazers, who. Uh, I would probably struggle to to name many players on that Trailblazers roster after they have dealt so many throughout uh, the course of the last few weeks. Um, I know they have Damian Lillard. Uh, I know they have Anthony Simmons. Outside of that, I don't know that I can name another player on that roster because they've dealt a lot in the last uh, dealt a lot in the last few weeks. So uh, they'll the Grizz take on the Blazers tonight, six thirty pregame, seven o'clock tip off right here on the uh, Ticket Radio Network. By the way, John Brandt, who did not play last night, is still listed as questionable. Um, I think the uh, the talk about Morant last night was that they were not going to play him in a back-to-back type situation this close to the All-Star break because he did have a little soreness in that ankle. Yes. And so uh, I would assume he probably plays tonight. Now, maybe his minutes are limited, but I would assume you probably uh, see him out there tonight for uh, – for the Grizz. That's uh, that's the latest there with the Grizz. Again, 6.30, tip, 6:30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off here on the ticket tonight. Uh, all right, so not a ton of time left to, to get into the whole CUSA thing, but I do feel like we covered a lot of ground on it yesterday during the show whenever it broke. Um, since we had kind of gone off the air, you know, the Marshall – Athletics director had gotten on Twitter about four four thirty yesterday. Yes, <laughs> and had had quote tweeted one of the graphics that Marshall put out four days ago, yes. in which the university said that they still were steadfast in the belief that they were going to play in the Sub Belt Conference next year, and they were not going to be in the CUSA. Uh, so. You know, I don't know if anyone else had really seen it. If any of the other um, athletic departments have have weighed in on that release of the schedule, I haven't noticed any yet. That I so can tell. I think Marshall might be the only one. But I mean, this is going to be just an absolute tire fire the way this plays out. And I get it from the CUSA standpoint. I mean, the last thing you want is for your prestigious TV deal with Stadium, which you can only get on like Facebook and through an app and maybe maybe it's still on pluto i'm not sure yeah you can't actually watch it like on tv so i mean i get it that's a really prestigious tv deal and it's one of the best tv deals in the country not but i kind of i i get it from that perspective a little bit even though you're probably getting about 200 dollars per team with that stadium tv deal but also like there is no buyout fee in the cusa and so 
I just have a lot of questions on how this could hold up in in the court and all that if you bring lawyers in. Like I, I just don't know what the argument here the argument that the CUSA can make here that can get to a point where these three teams have to say, like, listen, I'm not anywhere close to a lawyer or anything like that, but I, I just I, I struggle to to get to a point where I, I think the CUSA can win this if it goes to goes to court. By the way, I forgot stadiums no longer on Pluto TV. So, like, what's it on? Like, Facebook I, I, Facebook, and the stadium app? I mean, I, what a prestigious TV deal. Say what you will about ESPN+, Plus, but you pay six six bucks a month, and you can get every single game in the Sunbelt Conference right there in one platform. I mean, you have to dig and search for the CUSAs. Also, by the way, never forget when uh, Tommy McClellan said the CUSA was better than the Sunbelt Conference two years ago, and now it's blowing up. That was the La Tech up. guy, right? The La Tech guy, yeah. Is he still there? Uh, he's at Vanderbilt now. He's, oh. he's left La Tech, so. Boy. <laughs> quite the quite the upgrade from Ruston, Louisiana, to Nashville, Tennessee. Which has no, Vandy, which has no athletic department, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll have some more updates on As the World Turns, CUSA edition tomorrow. <laughs> My favorite soap <laughs> of all time. Uh, the Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Uh, tomorrow, 7 to 10, front row with Budro. 10 to 12, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, the Workday Red Zone. Get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. Well, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.